Hey there, welcome to the Collide Podcast. This is Willow Weston, the founder and director of Collide. And I love that we get to have conversations every single week with people who are experiencing God show up in their lives and he's doing beautiful things in their pain and then using them to bring healing to other people. And today's no different. I interview Kirsten Van Wingerden, who's a therapist, and she uses a body-based approach to remove shame from the human experience. She's trained in lifespan integration, which teases out bodily responses to trauma. There's so much I could say about her, but what I want to tell you is that we go into a pretty deep dive into mother wounds, how to know if you have them and how not to cause them. So check out this interview. Kirsten, it is so fun to be with you today. I'm excited to ask you so many deep questions about mother wounds, but first, um, we won't go so intense right away. We'll at least wait for 30 seconds. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I keep reading when I'm reading about you. You love spending time with your dog and volunteering and listening to music, traveling and running. Uh, when's the last time you went on an amazing travel adventure? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, You know, I had the opportunity to go to Maui about a year ago for like a late honeymoon um, because I got married during COVID. And so, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were able to go for quite a while. We went to Kauai actually in Maui and that's awesome. I love the beach. Like I could just lay there all day. Um, So that was the little big trip. Yeah. And you love running, which I always think is so just bizarre to me when people <laughs> love running. Do you do races? I do. Yeah. So uh, in my free time, I run ultra marathons, which is, yeah, <laughs> which is any distance above 27 miles. So um, I love being out on the trail, finding a good mountain to climb. It's really fun. It's relaxing. Um, it's definitely some of the hardest moments I've ever had in my life, but, um, there is something really peaceful when you can't hear anything around you. And I, I love that. So, wow. How many ultra marathons have you done? You know, I've only done, I think three at this point. Um, and then I've got another one here at the end of August. That is amazing. Those probably equal more miles than I've ever ran in my entire life. So good job. Good job. (laughs) You are a therapist. You have a background in pre-medicine, biology, and mental health. What made you go to school to become a therapist? Yeah. Oh man. That's a really complicated one, honestly. Well, it's not too complicated, but, um, you know, I, I always knew I wanted to help people. I didn't know what that looked like fully. Um, and Mm -hmm. was encouraged to go the medicine route, there were a lot of people I wanted to please. Um, so I went into biology thinking I would be a doctor someday. Um, and then realized I really don't like anything related to that field. <laughs> I don't like blood and guts. I can't do any of it. Um, I've got a weak stomach, so there's just no way. Um, and so I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do public health after I went on a trip to Tanzania. Um and then, you know, I did an internship with public health locally, 
found out I really don't like looking at data all day. Um, so I've had a lot of like a trial and error uh, routes in my mm-hmm. life. Um, and someone, my, my, actually my husband told me I needed to pursue what I'd always wanted to pursue. Um, and when I was about 15, I felt a strange little calling to become a counselor. I'd never been in counseling before. I had never Mm -hmm. had like any exposure to that. Um, and so kind of on, not on a whim, but on a risk to invest in myself, um, I, I applied to a program and I got in uh, and the rest is history. And here we are now. I love that you call it a risk to invest in yourself because I think for a lot of women, it really does feel like a risk to, you know, either change directions or stop something to start something or to make time for ourselves and our dreams. So look at you, you took the risk and here you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it hasn't been easy, right? Like it, Um, there have been a lot of challenges along the way. Um, and yeah, it's like the best risk I ever took. Like, I'm so happy Mm. with what I'm doing now. And, um, it was so meant to be. And, um, I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, for where I'm at now. That's awesome. You have a passion for healing family-based relational trauma. Mm -hmm. And so when I first met you and we started talking about your passion, you mentioned this, this sort of passion you have for helping people who've experienced mother wounds. And I thought, oh man, I want to have you on the podcast. I want to talk about mother wounds. I want to talk about how to heal them and how not to cause them. And so I hope you're game for this conversation. Yeah, let's dig in. Yeah, let's do it. For some people listening, they deeply know, kind of like me, they know without even needing to sort of think backwards. Yes, they've experienced mother wounds and they have a lot of them. There are some people listening who maybe aren't quite sure. I'm sort of curious uh, in order to bring them along for people who are unsure, what might be some indicators that they've experienced mother wounds? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it really depends on the person, right? There's a whole list of things that can come up. Um, a lot of it can come up around body image. So, um, you know, body dysmorphia, not being sure what you look like, feeling like you need to, look a certain way. Another one can be the inability to trust other people. A mother wound can look like um, not being able to advocate for yourself or identify what your needs are. Um, And I think a big one is lack of boundaries. So not really like knowing where you end and someone else begins. Hmm. That can be another indicator. Um, I think, too, you know, always trying to please and feeling like it always comes up short. That can be another one. Man, I could go on for a long time. Yeah. I'm literally taking notes. I think it's interesting because obviously some of those things can be caused by 
people other than mothers. But you're saying, you know, if you are feeling or experiencing these things, it could be from your relationship with your mother. I'm assuming they can also be caused by your father, your cousin, your brother, your neighbor. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you look back to what is my relationship to mom too, like sensing in your body what's coming up, right? Does it feel safe? Is there something about you that feels kind of uncertain, unsure? You know, in conversations, does it always come back to mom for some reason? There's a lot of indicators that, I mean, we can dig into more, but there's a lot that can Yeah, yeah, those are great. Did you know that you can support Collide by shopping at our store? Collide has a beautifully curated store where you can shop pretty things and support the work of Collide while you're at it. It's really a win-win. From Collide Bible studies and sweatshirts to candles, journals, jewelry, home decor, and more, it's the perfect place to grab a gift for someone you love or pick up something special for yourself. So hop over to our website at wecollide.net slash store to start shopping. And as a special thank you to our podcast listeners, check out the show notes for an exclusive offer. Yeah, yeah, those are great. What do mother wounds unhealed end up doing to our lives? Because I think there's a lot of people like, yeah, I know that my mom hurt me in one way, shape or form. I know my mom's dysfunction, you know, bled all over my life, but you know, we just kind of think it is what it is. It was what it was. But if we leave them unhealed, what can happen? Lack of sense of self. So knowing, like knowing who you are, um, being able to make decisions that are in alignment with who you are. So it's always trying to please other people. Um, sometimes too, it can come to um, a lack of emotional awareness. Right. So it can look like um, being angry and upset, not really knowing why. Right. Taking it out on other people or even your children. Right. Like I need my kids to be perfect. Right. Because then I am a good mom. Um, You know, it's. It's a lot about the relationship with self and how that bleeds into other relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you how mother wounds specifically impact our relationships with other women. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I automatically what comes up, up to mind is comparison, right? Like if mom was always comparing you to the other women in your life or comparing her to you, then every woman you see is a threat within the room, right? It's how do I become mm-hmm. better than her? How do I... Um, prove my worth, right? Um, so that bleeds into relationships. And if mom never encouraged you to be a strong woman who's independent outside of her, right? You, you're going to be looking for other places to find that strength outside of yourself. Hmm. You know what's really interesting about what you're saying? You just gave me compassion for women who are constantly trying to one up and compare themselves to other people 
I wasn't expecting to have this feeling, but I, I know some women like this and it's the constant comparison game, whether you're in a party or a conversation with a group of women and that woman just has to like come out on top. I've never looked at a woman who's doing that and thought, oh, let's rewind and think about why she might be doing that and connected it to her mother constantly comparing her to other girls and calling her to be better than them. I've, I've never done that before. That's very interesting. You just gave me a lot of compassion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that a mother wound, there is something so deep about it within women. Um, mm -hmm. There is a reason it shows up in therapy often. Um, and not to say that there aren't other causes of hurt. There are so many other causes of hurt. Um, we live in a really broken world. Um, and I think that we need to have compassion for those wounds. Um, because it's not like she just automatically, right? The woman that's comparing herself just did mm -hmm. that out of nowhere, right? right. That doesn't just poof happen in her personality um, it's something that was taught um exampled and shown over time and that was mm. the way she learned how to survive in her environment is if she was better than other women then mom would love her hmm. so interesting so what is our first step to healing our mother wounds therapy. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I know that there's a lot of barriers right now to therapy. So, um, I think the first step, I mean, there are so many ways to go about it. I, I can't say that there's one official step, but I think acknowledging it is really important. And that can be, that can look like, okay, what's the voice that I have towards myself? Um, how am I talking towards myself when I'm alone in the room? Um, man, just the other day I was like cleaning up my office and I smacked my head against like a, like a cabinet. <laughs> and my automatic thought was, I'm such an idiot. Right. And instead like noticing that thought and then thinking like, I'm not an idiot. I was rushing. I was busy. I'm just trying mm -hmm. to do the best I can. Right. And acknowledging when that voice comes out and recognizing that that was something that was taught to you. That wasn't something that, you know, when I think of myself when I was, what, five years old, I didn't think, oh, I'm an idiot because I dropped the toy on the ground, right? That's not something that I just thought. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's... There's definitely an inner voice that we all have that can be helpful or harmful and and is often tied back to a wounding experience. In fact, I just shared this, I don't know, this last week or something on an Instagram post because I go to a therapist on occasion and I was in the office last week and she said, Hey, what do you, what do you see? We start with a breathing exercise today. <laughs> and I was like, sure. But really on the inside, I was like, I hate breathing exercises, but I was like willing to do it because it's my therapist and sure. And so she had me go through these breathing exercises and then we began to process kind of what I was trying to unpack that was giving me angst that 
and why I was there. And 45 minutes into that processing, um, she said, why do you think you're so hard on yourself? And I started laughing and I was like, oh my goodness. Her name is Margaret. I go, Margaret, do you know what I heard when you had me breathe? And she's like, what? And I said, I heard you're breathing wrong. You're not breathing right. That's the only thing I heard during my breathing exercise. And she was like, whoa, you know, like that's very self-aware. We need to unpack that, that little inner voice. But sometimes you have to get quiet enough to listen to it. And I think you're inviting us to go, hey, what's the voice that I have towards myself is what you said. And I love that question. And sometimes you have to slow down enough to hear it, right? Yeah, I mean, I often see in individuals I work with that have mother wounding, that they do everything at like twice the speed of everyone else. That's what I notice. And I'm sure that there are, I'm sure that's not true with everyone's experience, Mm -hmm. Um, but I notice that. This, like, if I keep busy, I don't have to think about things. I don't have to think about that deep core wounding because if I open that up, can I handle it? Am I going to be able to handle that mom wasn't the mom I needed? Mm -hmm. So I think there's people listening who've recognized that their mothers have wounded them. They've even done some of the work of recognizing the voice that maybe is tied back to you know, the voice of their mother still speaking disapproval or whatever their experience has been. Um, Maybe they've spent years processing this, but it still affects them every single day. What is the journey to continue to walk towards healing look like? What are some of the helpful things that you've seen with your clients that, that help them find healing for their mother wounds? So there are a couple routes you can go. I think if it's been a few years and you're still really struggling with some pieces of that, right? We have to start wondering if there's some attachment wounding. Um, So attachment wounding is um, basically mom wasn't the person that was safe for you emotionally or physically. Mm -hmm. I think it's important too to recognize that mother wounding doesn't have to be obvious abuse, right? So if your emotional needs were not met as a child, you learn that you couldn't go to mom for help. And then you start processing on your own, start dealing with it on your own. Little kids aren't made to do that, right? And then as adults, we still try to keep doing that same thing, but it's not working anymore right? Because we have adult problems now. Um, And so I would say, I'm kind of going around in circles on this, but I would say healing attachment wounding with a therapist is really important. Um, There's something called lifespan integration you can do that can be really helpful for healing attachment wounding. I think finding a therapist that We'll do some inner child work. I know this sounds woo-woo. I know it full on. I know it sounds woo-woo, but it is um, something I've experienced in my own life that has been inc- 
incredibly helpful um, because that little kid that grew up with mom grew into the adult, you know, you and I are today. Mm -hmm. And so we carry all that same wounding. It doesn't just go away. Um, and so I would say a good therapist on board, people in your corner that you trust, um, but it's not going to be easy. And the healing doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned healing your inner child is sounding woohoo. And, and I don't, I don't actually think it is. In fact, a lot of people who've been around Collide know that it started out of a place of my own pain, specifically when my mother moved into a town when I had had a baby and she knocked on my door unexpectedly and I went to go answer the door and I saw her and I completely, I took my baby and I ran upstairs and I hid in a closet. And this is, you know, I don't know how many years ago now, but I reverted back to being that little girl and had this moment in this closet where God met me there and said, Hey, I've done some healing in your life, but there's more to be done and you need to step out of this closet and get help so you don't wound your own daughter. Right. So I think if you've been around here long enough, you, yeah. you're not feeling like it's as woohoo as we have experienced wounds in our lives, whether it's with our mother or other people. And if we don't get God's healing for those things, we will wound other people. That's what I call a wounded collision, right? I'm wounded. I run into you, you're wounded, and we hurt each other. But if we can run into Jesus and experience healing, then I can bring more healing into all my collisions. And so and though it might sound woohoo to some people, I think it's such a beautiful invitation to go back and invite God to go back to those places of pain and hurt from when you were a little girl and experience him mending you up so that you aren't bringing that into all of your interactions currently, right? Yeah. I love that you brought that up, Willow, because that reminds me of like generational trauma right? Like that's what I mean, mm -hmm. is that these cycles of abuse and trauma that occur and they keep going through each generation because they're just acting out what they were taught, right? You running into the closet and hiding, right? Like I'd be so curious if your mother had histories of that kind of response as a child with her own mother, right? Uh, oh, she absolutely did. My mother's mother was an alcoholic. She died when I was two. So she died when she was 50. And my mother was an alcoholic and, um, and wounded me. And so there I was in this closet. And, you know, I do believe that God has the power to break generational trauma and generational sin and generational wounds. But it's not like God's just going to wave the magic wand and all of a sudden, I'm going to step out of that closet and be healed. I, I've had to participate and continue to have to participate in the work of, Jesus, I need you. I need you to heal what I believe about myself. I need you to heal the way that I view other people, the way I view myself, the way I view the world. Like, there's been so much healing and continues to be. Uh, but I do believe, and I imagine you see generational trauma and dysfunction like it being 
healed, like God being able to intervene in it and change it so it doesn't pass on to the next generation and the next generation. I mean, are you seeing that in your office? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you even in my own life, right? Um, it is so real. And I think that what you said is so beautiful, right? It it doesn't, it doesn't look like you just step out of the closet, right? And you're healed. It looks like um, God giving you the voice to say, I need help. I need help really badly. I don't know what I'm doing. Something is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And God putting the people in your life that can support and walk alongside you. I think that's beautiful the way you put that because it is like God gave us these tools, right? And he also gave us like, like you hiding in the closet was you protecting yourself, right? That was a trauma mm -hmm. response. A trauma response isn't always bad, right? I think we automatically assume that our response to trauma is negative, but it's a way of protecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. How would you word it though? Because I agree with you and I think it's interesting. I was protecting myself, but my ways of protecting myself also can create harm in my life. And there comes a time where you reach a certain age where um, I'm not being beaten by my stepdad. I'm not being harmed by living with my mother and her addiction. I'm, I'm not, you know, fill in the blank, whatever my experience was. Um, and yet I run into these protective modes that actually end up harming things. I see it in my life. I see it in other people's lives. So they begin to harm our relationships with our friends because all of a sudden we think we might get hurt. So we go in protective mode and it puts up walls or we have a big dream, but we think, oh man, I've, I've never been chosen. I wasn't chosen in my past. So I'm not going to risk and put myself out there because I probably won't be chosen to see like our protective mode is good, but also can be harmful. So how can we recognize and be a friend and kind to ourselves and say, okay, you were trying to protect yourself, but this is actually going to end up hurting your baby. You're hiding in a closet. And that's compassion, right? That's compassion for yourself when you have those responses and you hurt someone else or, you know, you're hiding in the closet, right? Like I'm thinking compassion, like what happened to you? What happened to you that that's the only way you knew how to protect yourself? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where there is a, it is possible to have compassion for our responses and the responses other people have towards us and also put up a boundary and say, this isn't okay. It's not okay that I'm responding this way. And I also, I have so much love and care for the little me that had to do this, right? But now it has to change. And I think we can mm -hmm. hold those two things um, together. And I think when we start talking about emotional abuse and trauma, it's really easy to go black and white, right? And think, oh, it's either bad or it's good. But there's a lot of in between because we're human and we're messy. And God's goodness is still in the midst, even if we can't see it. Now, that mm -hmm. isn't too protect the abuser. No, absolutely not. But 
but to have compassion for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I think I think what you're talking about it. I, I'm just thinking as you're talking. Yes, having compassion for ourselves and our responses. But sometimes we can almost get stuck there, where it's like, well, I've been through a lot, so this is how I respond to you. And it almost can keep you stuck. Like, this is how I respond, and this is how I needed to protect myself, and how I protect myself now. But we don't take that next step of going, but I can't stay here. Like, I can't run into the closet every time I feel like I'm going to get hurt. I can't fill in the blank, whatever a listener here is thinking that they might do when they feel like they're going to get hurt. But we can easily get stuck in just being good at having compassion and, and thinking, well, I've just experienced hard things, so this is what I do. What's your advice for that person? Yeah, that's great. I might challenge that that's not compassion. Compassion motivates us to change, right? To me, that sounds more like apathy. Hmm. That sounds more like I want to keep things surface level. I don't really want to dive into that. Mm -hmm. I want to keep escaping, keep running, keep hiding. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to ask you this. Do we need to have peace with our mothers in order to experience healing? No. I don't think so. I think that there's a difference between reconciliation and mm -hmm. um, forgiveness, right? We can forgive, but it doesn't mean we will be reconciled with our abusers mm -hmm. or whatever wound that is. Um, something I often tell my clients is you can't do the work for other people. We can't do the work for mom. It's, it's such a hard thing because I even know in my own experience, but I talked to so many people and we long for healing in our own lives. And it's so hard when the person who hurt us can't own what they've done. They continue to live in denial. They, you know, you try to be a big girl and talk to them about how you were hurt by this, that, or the other thing. And, and they can't own it. And so it can, it can actually make you feel stuck. So I'm curious how you help your clients move towards a place of healing and peace even if the person who hurt them continues to lack ownership and continues to deny their hurtful behavior. That one hits really close to home for me. I would say that there's not going to be an A plus B equals C formula to that. I think it's a different experience for each person. Mm -hmm. I think having a true sense of self and who you are in Christ is a really good step towards that. I think sometimes some women need no contact with their mothers. Some women just need boundaries, setting setting some type of, okay, you know, I, I'm not going to include you in certain parts of my life because I need to protect myself and my family. I always... You know, when we're we're thinking about this type of like mother wounding, I always go back to what is your body telling you? When you are in the room with mom, what is coming up? Are your teeth clenched? Are your fists clenched? 
have you not eaten today because you're afraid of seeing her and you're going to get nauseous? Like, what's coming up for you around those things? Mm-hmm. I think God gave our, our bodies these signals for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Because he knew our, our, our heads and our, our minds and our bodies wouldn't always connect because of trauma. And um, a lot of therapy is reconnecting to that body response so that we know what we need to do. Mm. break that generational cycle because we can't keep white knuckling and just trying to get through things that's that's not going to work Kirsten there's so much to unpack here in fact I think we're going to do a part one and a part two in this series a part one on uh, healing your mother wounds and a part two on how do you know if you're causing them and how not to cause them But I want to ask you for people listening today who are like me and taking furious notes and thinking about all of the things that you've brought up and they're recognizing, oh, I I have some more stuff I need to unpack. What's your best advice for them on how to unpack whatever it is that they need to unpack today? Yeah, I would tell them, don't rush the process right? Because you don't want to put this expectation on yourself that today is the day I heal the mother wound, right? I think that it's going to take time. And so Mm -hmm. I would really encourage that person, be really gentle with yourself today. I think we even might have should have said that right at the beginning before even talking about this, but like, be gentle today. Um, Maybe this inspires you to start looking for a therapist. Maybe this inspires you to go to a woman at your church and say, I've never talked to anyone about this. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a safe friend. Um, Wherever you're at, just know you're not alone. Unfortunately, this comes up more than we realize. And so just know you're not alone. Yeah. Kirsten, I know that there are going to be people who want to connect with you and the therapy work you're doing. How can they do that? Yeah. So um, they can find me online. I'm on Psychology Today. You can look me up at Kirsten Van Wingerden. Uh, and then I also um, have a website. It's Bellingham Counseling. But if you just type in my name, Kirsten Trauma Counseling, you can find me online. And uh, I I serve Washington State. I do primarily telehealth. And then I also offer walk and talks, which is just we go on a trail and we do therapy while walking. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, friend, I hope that this conversation that I just had with Kirsten helps meet you where you're at. And I don't know if there's a little kid in you that needs some healing, but as you heard me share, I definitely have a little kid in me that often needs healing, that often needs care and grace and compassion and love. And I've experienced it over and over and over again, where God has run right into my pain and that little girl in me that didn't get what I deserved to get, didn't get what I needed. 
and he continues to bring healing in my life. And that healing is helping me in my relationship with my daughter. And I'm so very grateful for the healing that God has brought and continues to bring. So my encouragement to you is today, if this brought up anything in you, if you have some mother wounds that you need to unpack, not only is God with you, but he can truly heal you, friend. So take the next best step, whatever that is, whether it's therapy, you can hop on. We have a counseling bundle course where you can spend time with, I think it's like 10 or 11 different counselors and walk through a journal and exercises and reflection questions and truly begin to experience some healing in the places that hurt. I don't know what your next move is, but I hope that you will say yes to the invitation that God is laying out before you. Keep colliding and we'll catch you next week.